we need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be our father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion, and I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now here's your host, Terry Lynn Scott. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Terry Lynn Scott. Again, so grateful that you're joining me today. And uh, today we're talking about influencing up as well as uh, addressing issues with leadership. And so I think so many times people have a problem with they feel like they don't have an, a, an ability to influence their leader. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But before we get into the content, again, I'm going to ask you, like I always do, number one, if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, please do so by hitting the subscribe button and hit the little bell or the notifications there where you can be notified every other Thursday that, as these drop to get the content. Second thing is, is if you have a comment or you have a question or you want to say something, uh, I would ask you to please do so. Leave a comment in any platform that you're doing it. You can also find me and email me through my website at Terry. Lenscott.com. Uh, that is my the Anointed Leadership Podcast uh, website where we're hosting things. We're adding some things to it pretty soon. I'm having my ministers and training course coming up, and that'll be live on my website where I'm going to help people uh, develop their, their call of ministry and determine, am I called into ministry? So join me on my website. And the third and final thing today before we jump into content is simply this. Share this content if it's adding value. If it's something you're enjoying, something that's helping you out, uh, please just share this with them. If you're a pastor, share it with your team leaders, share it with your members, share it with another pastor friend. And, and, and I would really appreciate that uh, as we're here to help strengthen the body of Christ as well as ask God's anointing to get upon us as we do what God's called us to do in leadership. Amen. Hey, let's jump in today. We are talking about uh, addressing issues with leadership, or you could call it le- uh, influencing up, leading up in our lives. And I think so many times people struggle with this idea that I can influence up. If I'm not the leader, if I'm not the boss, if I don't have the vision or whatever you want to call it, if I'm not that, sometimes we feel like we don't have, our voice doesn't have weight, that we're not valued enough, that we couldn't point out problems or issues in our leader. Uh, And I'm just going to be honest with you. There are many cases where that is true. There are many cases where uh, the people that are in, in uh, underneath, under shepherding or un, in, under the leader, that there is really no opportunity to lead up. There, there are some places that way. Uh, to be effective leaders, though, you should be able to be influenced by those that are running with your vision. This, the, the key to this t- talk today for you really is, is, is twofold. A, if you're the leader, you're going to have to define who you are how sensitive you are, how, um, you know, how vulnerable you are, uh, how relational you are. You're going to have to ask some of these questions if you really want to empower your people underneath you. I, I've done some episodes about empowering people, uh, about helping leaders and developing leaders and, and things like that. But to really do this, uh, you have to learn to be relational. And how do you build relational equity with people around you? When you understand that, 
uh, you will understand, are you easily influenced from under or are you, are you a, a person that is isolated on an island and nobody can reach you? And you're going to have to realize you need the people around you. When, when the Lord spoke to Habakkuk and told him to write the vision down, he didn't tell him to run with it. He told those that read it, they'll run with it. Well, the problem is, is they, that is up for interpretation, right? That is up for on-the-fly decisions. Think about Jesus when he sent out the, the, the 72 and the, and the 70 and, and when he sent out the 12. He didn't give them detailed instructions. He gave them brief instructions and told them to go. Well, in that go, he didn't, he didn't define every little detail. They had to make those decisions. If we don't give permission for those under us to make some of their own decisions, as well as come back and report to us, tell us where we're at, talk to us, then we will never go beyond the problems that we're in right now. We'll never go further than the ability to fix the problems we're in right now. And so I want to talk a little bit about, you know, whether it's influencing up or, uh, or addressing issues with leadership or whatever that looks like. I'm going to pull out a Bible verse in 1 Samuel chapter 16. And I want you to look at a few things here. We're talking about verse 15 through 18. Now, if you don't know much of the Bible and you're listening today, just, just take, hold on. I'm going to explain it. But there was the King Saul. Uh, and then King David, who killed Goliath. Many people have heard about David, who kills Goliath with a stone. Uh, but Saul was the king before David. Saul lost his anointing because of disobedience. And, and when he lost his anointing, what happened is the baby, basically the Lord left him. And he was living on earth as a man, no anointing on his life. Well, we're going to get to this verse here and talk about what was going on with Saul's life when you don't have God in your life. And starting in verse 15 of chapter 16 of 1 Samuel, it says, And Saul's servant said to him, now I'm going to pause, Saul's servant, not his best friend, not his spouse, not, you know, not another leader, not another king, not another uh, general in the army. His servant said to him, Surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Now I'm going to pause because God didn't do this. They, they didn't understand that when God's hand was off of them, that the enemy had uh, a free reign. So it's, it says a distressing spirit from God or because God left his hand off of him, troubled him. Let our master command your servants and uh, who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful, a uh, player of the harp. Continue on reading that if you want. So Saul said to his servants in verse 17, provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Verse 18, though, then one of his servants answered and said, look, I have seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who's David, who is skillful in playing. And it goes on and listed. I, I'm bringing this to you today from a, a, a lens of leadership perspective. I, I think so many times leaders, and, and, and I, as a leader myself, I understand that my job is to lead, but it's not my job to be more perfect than. It's not my job to be better than. My job is to lead as I work out my salvation, and just like they work out their, those that I'm leading work out their salvation. But most leaders, I found this, I've been doing this over 30 years now in the ministry. Most leaders struggle with being approached with personal issues. Most leaders, it's a pride in leadership. They struggle with the people that are under them bringing something to their attention that they need to fix. I'll prove it to you. You ever been married uh, and your spouse brings something to you? <laughs> you don't like it because you look equal, right? Or you, husband, your wife is saying something to you. You look at her and say, you're supposed to submit. Whatever that looks like, we have a problem 
with with receiving correction or receiving somebody else's opinion of our actions or attitude or behavior, uh, we struggle with that because it's personal. We don't like to be pointed out that we're wrong. Most leaders do that. But can I, I wrote this thought down and I really believe it. Leaders will go no further than their willingness to fix personal problems. We can never go further than our willingness to fix a personal problem. So if you have an issue with gossip, a slander, you're backbiting, you're late, your word means nothing, whatever that is, the people around you are going to let you know what your problems are if you create the atmosphere where they can present things to you. But if you never fix yourself and all you're worried about doing is fixing everybody else, you'll go no further than you are right now in your leadership. Uh, Listen, I'm going to ask a couple questions. Are you an approachable leader to those whom you trust in leadership? Are you approachable to those around you? I I made some statements in in our pulpit um, when I took over the church and I, and I said these things about being accountable and I've given permission to people in my church to bring things to me, uh, to leaders that I respect, that I believe their life. I'm watching their life. And I ask them, I know I'm your pastor, but I'm giving you permission to come to me. Why? Because I believe in this. I believe that those around me and closest to me will really see the true me, the things that I don't see I need to fix. And if and, and are you approachable? If you're unapproachable as leadership, you, you have to realize you are stunning the growth of your entire ministry. You're stunning the growth of your entire business. You're stunning the growth. You have to be approachable in this. Watch. Trust and honor must be an east and west relationship. That means it's got to be from one to the other. It's I can't as a leader expect them to honor and trust me when I don't give them no trust and no honor. I don't I don't I don't reciprocate the same thing to them that I'm expecting from them. If there's not honor and trust east and west and it's just supposed to be a north and south for them where they have to honor me but I don't have to honor them, we are in a major problem and a predicament and a great failure is, is upon the horizon for us. Watch, when you're a relational leader, you understand the help around you. And I capitalize that in my notes. Help around you, the people around you that will help you become better. You, When you're relational, you understand it. You understand that they're not attacking you. You understand that they're not against you. You actually realize they're for you. They're for your betterment. They're for your success. They're for your productivity. When you are a relational leader, you get this. If you are a boss mentality and you are a boss style leadership, like it's my way, the highway, uh, you don't have a say, just shut your mouth and do what I tell you to do. If you're this type of a leader, man, you repel help. You, <laughs> I've 30 years in church. I'm just talking about church leadership. Uh, I'm, and I know this happens elsewhere, but you repel the help. You think you're the big dog. You think you're the Mac daddy. You think you are God's gift to all creation when you are a boss style leader. But when you are relational, you recognize that they're not trying to take your job. They're trying to help you be a better version of you, just like you're trying to help them be a better version of them. But a boss style, you repel it, man. You push people away. And I'm just challenging you. Who are you? You've got to understand who you are. And if you want to be a better version of yourself tomorrow than you are today, you're going to have to learn some of these things. I'm going to get back to my verse, but I'm just talking to the leaders right now. And, and this is where I'm looking for, because if you're not a leader, don't go point your fingers at your leader until they have this give you permission. A leader, you should be giving people around you permission to speak to you. But I'm going to say it this way. As the senior leader, You have to determine which style of leadership you are. 
Not what you think you are, but really what type of leader are you? Are, are you a relational, empowering leader? Or are you a boss, dictator, tyrannical leadership? Which one are you? You have to, you got to get to the point where you come to the realization, who are you? Which type are you? And you want me to tell you how you figure it out? Ask those around you and be ready for the response. I know many people in leadership that really believe they are a relational style leader, but in reality, they're tyrannical. It's my way, the highway. I'm the boss. I pay you. I'll fire you. That, that, that leader will never grow beyond um, the level of, of leader they are right now. They'll never get beyond if they're only the boss. I've watched it. I see it throughout the scriptures. Look at David, man. David, he was a humble man. Look at, look at Saul, who becomes Paul. He was a great leader, but he was humbled underneath the pot. Look at Peter, who was re, uh, rebuked by Paul in the book of Ephesians. Look at these guys that were willing to be confronted in their personal mistakes and how it helped their life. And so we got to, you have to determine that. Uh, what I want to talk about now, listen, I'm going to take those verses about, uh, Saul, and I'm going to point out six things that this, as a leader, you should expect from those that are under you and those that are under leadership. This is how you would approach some things. Uh, because many times we see things as, as under, you know, second tier leadership, if you will. Uh, and we see things in that first tier leadership, the senior leader. And if we can have in a relationship, I, I'll just share it this way. My, my father-in-law, mother-in-law, they were the pastors of the church, founders of the church. They handed it to me. Um, and when, when I realized in about 2014, 2015, that I had influence into their life, they respected me. They gave me permission to speak into their life. I was completely humbled. Uh, and I never took it just in my, myself just to go blast them. But I learned from this six steps of things that, that you should do if you're going to present something to your leader that is a problem, and how do you do that, right? So you have to realize that. First thing is this. if you're When I did that with my in-laws, I was able to bring tons of stuff to them. Uh, they didn't necessarily always uh, use it and didn't always accept it like as far as they should be used. But what they did do is listen to me and took it to prayer and in consideration, right? This is the key. I don't need them to do what I tell them. I'm not their God. But what I do need is I need, I, and what I would appreciate it is they gave me permission. Well, as the senior leader, I'd looked at that back in 2014 when I took over the church. And I said, I want that same level of help around me so that, and, and honestly, in their life, there was probably only one or two people that they had. And, and, and it was good, successful people. But for me, I opened the door to about eight or 10 people. Why? Because the more eyes and the more permission, the better I can become. Because I don't know it all. I'm not perfect. I still need help. And senior leaders, sometimes we get to the point where we think that we know it all and we are God's gift and we are the epitome of, of Christianity around those around us. If we're a pastor, we feel because we're, we've got the position of pastor that we are God's gift to the rest of the church and they should just follow me. Well, what happens if I lead them into the ditch? Now it's on me, right? So I need people around me to prevent me, like guardrails, so I don't go over the edge and end off the cliff, right? So let's talk about this. Number one, if you're going to influence up, if you're going to bring things to a leadership, uh, 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 their attention to help them, number one, you must have a relationship with the leader. Notice this. 
Saul's servant, a personal servant, a personal assistant, not a position, a servant that had access to the back room. He, he would, had a relationship. Watch, how do you develop a relationship? You become faithful, you become honorable, and you have a good reputation. This is how you, you develop a relationship. You're faithful to them. You're, you're honorable to them. And you have a good reputation that you can be trusted. This is how you become that inner circle person. Remember the disciples? Jesus, he spoke in parabolic uh, uh, moments and phrases and statements and book writings to everybody, but into the disciples, he brought them to the back room and he explained everything. This is what we're talking about. They were faithful, they were honorable, and they had a good reputation. They might have been knuckleheads at times, and that's okay, but they were faithful. They never left him when everybody else left him. This is how you develop your relationship. If you're going to be able to present things to people, you got to have a relationship to be able to approach them. You can't just approach them. And, and as a leader, if somebody I don't know just wants to come up and, and yak at me and blast me, I'm going to look at him and think, I don't even know you. Uh, I don't know why you're talking right now. And uh, I'm not listening to anything you, you have to say because I don't know your life. I don't know how you're looking at me. But a person that has a relationship with them is faithful to them, is honorable to them, and has a good reputation. The second thing that I learned about, the, about how to do this out of these verses is they were not in public. When they were in the back room, if you will, when they were in private, the servant then said to Saul, he didn't say to Saul out in public. He didn't say it in front of everybody. He didn't bring anything to his attention when there's everybody else around him, except for the ones that were in his inner circle. And he did it in private. He was not in public. Number two, don't uh, bring correction or bring rebuke or bring personal information or or, uh, issues to your leader in public. Do it in private, right? It's not everybody else's business to be able to do that. And so with, with I've just used my life with my pastors. When, the, when I had issues, I'd call them and say, could I meet with you? I didn't post it on social media. I didn't do it on the phone in the office where everybody else could hear. I went to them. That's what relationship you have access. You got to build it. And then you take the access privately. Where, and you don't go announce to everybody what you've done. You don't tell anybody what you've done. Why? Because you're going to find a good reputation. You're going to be honorable and faithful to that leader. And when you do, you're going to continue access. The third thing they did in, these, in this, this is how you do it. I'm taking these six points. How do you address your leadership? And leaders, this is what you should expect from the people under you if you give them permission. One, they must have a relationship. Two, don't do it in um, public. Do it in private. Three, they addressed the problem without pointing the finger at Saul and blaming him. See, they could have said, Saul, because of your disobedience, God lifted his anointing. That's why you're tormented. So now let me go find somebody. They didn't. They said, Saul, we see something about you that's disturbing. It's a distressing spirit. One, the one uh, theological uh, a commentary says it's a mental torment. So there was anguish and mental torment. Like he wasn't in his right mind. And so they noticed that about him. And they brought the problem to him. They didn't bring the reason, the problem, as him. They addressed the problem and didn't point the finger at Saul. It, was, it would have been very easy if they would have said, your fault, Saul, for being disobedient. See, this is why you're not disobedient. And now, now God's uh, uh, tormenting you. See, that's not what they did. They just said, hey, there's this, this distressing spirit on you, a tormenting spirit. We see it. We see that you got something wrong. We can see it on your countenance. We can see it in your actions. We see it in the tone and hear it in the tone of your voice. Uh, and we want to help you deal with that thing. 
We're not, we're not blaming you. We're not belittling you. We are dealing with the problem and not the person. This is the third one. You got to build a relationship Two, do it in private. Three, address the problem, not him or her, right? Four, they, they asked for permission for the resolve. Hey, pastor, be like this. I, I've noticed that you've been struggling with, you know, you look really exhausted and really tired. And um, do you, could we have your permission, watch this, to send you on a vacation? They didn't just buy a vacation and send it to them. Could we have permission to ask people to do this for you? Never do something blindsiding a leader because that feels like they've been undercutted. I'm just telling you, it, it's like their authority has been stripped from them. Always ask permission. Never do something blind. Why? This is what they did. They already had an answer. We know that. But they asked for permission. Would you permit your servants to go find somebody that does this? And he said, go, right? So we don't do anything in secret. It's not, it's, it, it, listen, you can do it. You might think it's great, but never be secretive with your leader. Why? Because they want to know what's going on. They don't like to be caught off, off guard. They, they're the leader. They're, everybody knows that they should know what's going on. And even though it's a surprise, we're saying it's a, at least acknowledge it. Ask for permission before you do something. And that's what they did is they asked for permission to go get help for him. They didn't just go get it and say, hey, I got him out the door. You need to receive him. No, no, no. Get permission. Because if there's no want to, there will be never never any freedom, right? So one, develop a relationship. If you're going to influence up, if you're going to address an issue with your leader, whatever you want to look at this as, have a relationship. Be in private, not in public. Address the problem and not the person. Ask them for permission to help them, right? Four or five, uh, present the solution, Right. Never come with a problem and not have a resolve. Never, never come to the, and, and point out a problem and say, you have this problem. You need to go figure it out. No, 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 no. If you're going to be bold enough with the audacity to present the problem, then also have something as a resolution. Hey, they, they said this. Let us go find a man that plays well the harp. So when he does, that thing will leave you. Do you see that? They, they said, let us go find somebody to do this to help you. And that's what you have to understand is you've got to bring a resolve, not just the problem, right? And when you come to that person, <laughs> number six, they had already had the answer sought out. They had already sought out David. Notice this. They had a relationship in the, in the back room. They, they addressed a problem, asked for permission to, to be able to bring the help, and they already had the answer. So they didn't take long to do it. It didn't give that leader time to think about it, to, to say no to it. It's like, man, you've thought this out. I don't have to do anything. Thank you for helping me. If you're talking about just addressing issues, this is perfect, right? If you're going to go and help your leader and they've given you permission, but also influencing up to help influence up to get some things across that you see because you take the, you're the thermostat inside the leadership of the team or the church or the business, and you're the thermostat, you know the temperature. So you can influence up. This is how you do it. You develop a relationship. You, you do things in private, not in public. You address problems. You bring a problem to them. You then ask for their permission. You ask for permission to here's, here's what we want to do, not the person, the problem. And then you tell them, I've already found them. 
and then go get them, right? So this is what we find. In, in, if you're going to influence up, this is the pattern. This is what the servants did to Saul. It's the same thing that you can apply to your level of leadership. If you're the servant, if you're the inferior one, if you're the leader, if you're second tier leader, whatever that is. If you're the senior leader, you should be, uh, you should be opening the door for people under you to do, be able to do this. Why? Because it makes you better. It helps you. And you've got to determine if your boss style, dictator, tyrannical leadership, they'll never approach you and you always stay stuck. But the people around you are your greatest supporters. They're your greatest areas of freedom and restoration in your life and helping you go from faith to faith and glory to glory. They, they're for you. They're not just, most of them are not just there for paychecks. You know, if they are, then we'll do another podcast later of how to, to move them from paycheck mentality to ownership mentality. But you've got to help them. And most people around you are there to uphold your arms, Aaron and hers, right? And so you got to present the opportunity. And, and if you don't have them around you, sit down with them, pastor, senior leader, sit down with them and ask them to go over this type of a podcast and ask Ask them where they're at. Where do they feel? Do they feel they have a relationship? Do they feel they have access to your private life? Do they do they feel like they have opportunity to present a problem and not point the finger? Do they feel like they could ask you permission to get help? Do they feel like they could present a solution to you or are they just yes people? And are you giving them permission to empower them to go seek out the answer? You have to ask these questions as a senior leader. Second tier leaders, this is how you do it. You, pre, you, you influence up. Hey, I hope this helped you today. I hope you are ga- grabbing this because you have the opportunity to adjust uh, the, the temperature in your department, in your team, in your church, in your leadership, if you'll do it biblically correct. Hey, till next time. I'm Terry Linscott. This is the Anointing Leadership Podcast, and I'm praying that God's anointing get all over you and his super comes upon your natural to accomplish everything he's called you to do in Jesus' name. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.